0: Hey, it's Caitlin, the sound editor of the Hey YA podcast. Tirza and Erica are taking a break this holiday week, but now that we're at the end of the year, we thought it would be fun to reflect on what they said their most anticipated YA books for 2023 were this time last year. This episode originally aired on January 4th, 2023, so please enjoy the rerun, and we'll be back with a new Hey YA episode next week.
1: Welcome to Hey YA! From great new books to favorite classic reads, news stories to the latest and on-screen adaptations, Hey YA! is here to elevate the exciting world of young adult lit. Hey YA is a book riot podcast hosted by Erica Azzapetti and me, Tears of Price, and you are hearing this as our first episode of 2023, but we are recording on December 29th. But hello, Erica, how was your holiday? Hi, Tirza. It was,
0: it was restful. I appreciate it. It was cold AF though. (laughs) Yes. Very cold. I mean, I can't complain because Buffalo, New York got really bad and I feel really bad. I I always think of like the people, you know, like people experiencing houselessness and um, like, you know, the stray animals and stuff, just everyone who's exposed directly to Living beings that are exposed directly to that level of cold. I'm just like, I feel so badly. Yeah. Um, it was rough. So I can't complain. I stayed, I was lucky to stay in the house and be warm and watch Christmas movies. Yeah. So that was nice. How was yours?
1: It was good. It was good. We went to Michigan for the holidays and. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> cold, cold. Well, you know. <laughs> It was actually colder at home in Iowa than it was oh. where we were at in Michigan because of right. the wind chill. Like at one point right. our cat sitter cuz we, you know, we left our cats and we had a cat sitter checking in on them every day and she texted us and she was like, "It's -40 here with the wind chill." She says, oh "Don't be God. don't be alarmed, but like, you know, I think your pipes might be frozen." And I was like, "Oh, I'm alarmed. <laughs> like, this is <laughs> this is scary." <laughs> <laughs> so- oh, no. No, yeah. thanks. I will be alarmed. Thank you. Right. <laughs> Luckily, she you know opened up cabinets and opened up faucets, and we I told her bump yeah. the heat up. I will pay that heating bill. Um. And, yeah. and they uh, thought out that within like twelve hours, and there have been no burst pipes, so that's good. But like, oh yeah, yeah, it was like it was a little sketchy, and I was like worried about all of our outdoor babies. That and by outdoor babies, I mean yeah. stray cats in our neighborhood. But yeah. um, she was taking care of them as well. So you know, all was good but we definitely good. got way more snow in michigan than when iowa okay. got so we got just dumped on um but luckily we we got to michigan before the weather got bad and we got back to iowa after everything was cleared so
0: can't complain y'all were just y'all had good juju y'all yes. had that good winter juju nice. yes negative 40 though jesus i've never experienced that's like a la- my aunt lives in alaska and that's how i envision alaska around this time like negative yeah. double digits
1: that it's, is
0: intense.
1: Once the weather goes below zero, it is a special type of cold that you just do not want to yeah. be out in if you if you don't have to be. And, like, negative yeah. 40 is also, like, when your car stops starting. So, yeah. Not, yeah. not a fan.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a fan of this. And I was, like, still – I still have a residual – like, this, like, residual cough or whatever. I've been sick for, like, a couple weeks now. Probably, like, three weeks. But every time the cold hit my throat, I was like, "Nope," (laughs) because I was like sick also. So I was just like "Mm, staying in the house. So I can only imagine being in the negatives. But uh, how was your i How was your trip though? Otherwise, it was great. It was lovely. So
1: yes, I never read as much as I want to, but of course, um, you know I am learning to only take a few books instead of all my books. But
0: we do what we can. Right. I like how you said you're learning. Like you still haven't fully learned it. <laughs> I still but took you're like getting there. I still took six books with me back
1: to Michigan, yeah. which I think was an improvement yeah. from last year, in which I definitely took right. more than six, and I Fair. read two of them. So yeah,
0: that's pretty good. Yeah, I was that's pretty this good. Myself. I'm a proud, friend. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. Yeah, no, that's for a, a holiday trip. That I think that's solid. Thank you. Thank you. Yes.
1: Oh. Uh, <laughs> Well, and we're going to be talking, too, about, um, yeah, just reading and getting excited for the new year. And that is, like, my favorite part about the new year is just, like, looking ahead and kind of resetting. And so since it is officially the new year, 2023 by the time you were listening to this, um, rather than talk about news today, because the week between Christmas and new year's is a dead zone of news. Um, we wanted to talk about, the, um, the 2023 reading log, which is now posted on the book riot website. And, um, we also did a link in the show notes, so you can just click on that. And it is a way of tracking your reading and generating fond statistics about your reading life. Um, I've been doing um, my version of this log for a couple of years now and sharing it on Book Riot. And I do a video walkthrough so you can kind of see how it works and how to fill it out and how to customize it for your own reading needs. So uh, it feels like the new year when I actually set up my own 2023 or my own new year reading log. And nice. I, I'm always tweaking it too. And and so, yeah, it just it's really fun though. And I... I'm always very like happy and touched to hear from all the people who use it and, you know, make it their own or just really enjoy, um, you know, doing their own sort of reading tracking inspired by this. So if you Mm -hmm. use it, reach out to me. Tell me. I love hearing about that. Um, If you are curious, you can check it out there. So as you can probably tell from this log, I'm a giant nerd and I track a lot of aspects of my reading. But what about you,
0: Erica? Do you track your reading? from year to year uh, barely more than the basic like good reads. Yeah. i feel almost embarrassed to say that in front of you because you have this <laughs> no like, it's oh. okay well you see um uh i feel like i keep a mental note kind of of like what books i've read what kind of books i've read like if the authors are of color or queer or anything like that. Um I feel like I I should use I and I think to use the reading tracker. Like I was thinking of using it last year when we were talking about it. I think I actually will use it this time though, because I when I was summarizing like my favorite books of the year, like all of them were like science fiction and fantasy. And I was like, oh, I should read more. I need to diversify my genres actually. That's where I need to divert. Like, I read plenty of, well, I also do a newsletter for um, books buying about authors of color. So I read a lot of, you know, that, um, just diverse authors. So I already have that ingrained. And queer authors, too. So I think I need to read more nonfiction (laughs) as a start.
1: That's, you know, that's one of the reasons why I actually really got into tracking, not just my reading, but like the statistical, you know, Mm. essentials about each book was because I wanted to read more diversely. And like, yeah, you can be like, oh, I'm going to create a TBR list and I'm going to, you know, seek out more diverse literature. But I think... We kind of lull ourselves into this like sense of like because I want to do this and because um mm-hmm. you know I want to figure you know I want to do this and I care about this we almost kind of think that we read more diversely than we actually do and so it was really eye-opening yeah. to me the first year that I started to track like the race of the authors that I read yeah I, I would if you had asked me beforehand, I would have said, oh yeah, I read diversely I read diverse books and then like to see the actual percentage like stare me in the face mm. um as I moved along I was like oh I don't I do read diversely but not as much as i like to be or as I should not be as as so yeah. the nice thing about keeping track of that with the spreadsheet is that like you can just kind of like check in every month or so and be like am I still on track and like um You know, I I have like a number that I try to kind of stick around as far as percentages just because, um, you know, and, and so like some people have been like, oh, that's like takes the joy out of reading. But I'm like, it really doesn't because there are so many great books in the world that sometimes if I'm like, oh, you know, I haven't read as many books by like um you know black authors or indigenous authors this year as i keep saying i want to read and if i check in and see that like that number is lower than what i'd like it to be um i just go to my tbr which is full of all sorts of books that i want to read and rather than like pick up a book by a white author i pick up something by like a black author and like it's really as simple as that for me um yeah so it's just it it helps kind of keep it at the forefront of my mind because publishing still is not very equitable (laughs)
0: Yeah, and it sounds, too, like it helps you figure out what to read next,
1: which is always
0: which is also a thing with people who read a lot and have massive TBRs. It's helpful to um, figure out what you want to read next, because by the time it comes by the time it's time to read your next book, you probably will have forgotten a few in your TBR. Yeah, I like, too, that it has a DNF, which is a did not finish um, category, because like you can make that category say on Goodreads, but I feel like, I don't know. I don't like how it's handled. I feel like it should have its own subsection because sometimes I look back and I'm like, how come I haven't read more books? I'm like, what have, where have, I'm like, I thought I've been reading more than this, you know, whatever this is. I'm like, Oh, I didn't finish a couple ones. Mm -hmm. So it's like helpful to see that also like for, for me, of course, this is individual, of course, um but yeah sometimes I'm like oh okay so yeah that one was really boring or I didn't like where it was going and I put it down but I did spend time reading it so I want to include that that's just a minor thing that I'm looking at yeah like I said I haven't fully read not read sorry I haven't used the reading log yet but there's a lot of good stuff on here I'm just flipping through
1: yeah well I'm glad that you I'm glad that you um yeah, and the, and the thing is too, like people can definitely take what they want from it and and use it that way, and then like whatever you don't want to use, you don't have to use. So mm-hmm. and and sometimes like I've had people like look at it and be like, oh my god, this is so intense! Like it's so amazing that you fill this out every year, and I'm like, what you need to understand is that for me, filling this out is part of like it's like a hobby that is almost separate from actually reading. (laughs) So um,
0: like, I'm really into it. If
1: like you are not into it, like you don't have to do all this Um, for years. Just read the reading log. Right. (laughs) For years before I did like a, a, um, you know, digital sheets based log, um, I would record every book I read um, in a notebook and um this i had this notebook for like almost 10 years and i and it was an amazing notebook because it had like literally every book that i had read for like I think eight or nine years and I love this book yeah and I was like amazing to me that in like eight or nine years I never once lost it um but like that
0: is amazing I know right
1: I took it with me (laughs) everywhere though and I and I always had hands on it and um and I loved looking and seeing all the books that I read and I used to just do title author and date finished um, that was all I did for many years. But then came the day that I lost the notebook and I was like devastated yeah I oh was like god. I still like I'm, I'm like sort of feeling some feelings as I'm thinking about the loss of this notebook <laughs> yes. um like basically every book oh, wow. that I had read since 2008 or 2009 and so after that I was like oh my god no I've got to do something in the, cl- in the cloud it. it's got to be and not just like digital because yeah. like if I lost the file or something I'd be equally devastated but like it has to be in the cloud where like it cannot be lost and so that's yeah. when I switched over to this log and then like I was inspired by some other Book Riot people, and we just kind of it just kind of exploded from there. So, anywho, that's my soothing like New Year ritual is setting up a new <laughs> reading log and filling it out. That's amazing.
0: Also, one last note on Tears's wonderful reading log: there is a um, "Read Harder Challenge" tab worked into it, so you can also click off um, if you're following along that challenge. You can click off. There's just a whole bunch of good stuff in here, so yeah, highly recommend. And I'm going to watch the video that you have later, also, where you talk about how to set it up. Awesome. (laughs) I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get the most out of it this year. Yeah. Or this. Yeah. Well, it's still 2022, but this year, when it when this episode airs, it will be 2023. Yes. Um. But yes. So speaking of 2023, we have some. Most, some of our most anticipated YA novels and nonfiction um, that will be released in 2023. But before we get into that, let's hear from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by World Editions, publisher of Salamalik by Khalid al in this unflinching story about Arab masculinity and homoeroticism, Farat, a Syrian in his early 20s, visits Sibki Park in Damascus, one of the city's most popular cruising areas. There he learns about the Hammams, secret meeting places for gay men located throughout the old city. So inside these public baths, the air is thick with the scent of bay laurel soap, and naked men hide in the steam. Ferd faces sometimes violent disapproval from all levels of society, regime, religion, the man in the street, you name it. And yet he manages to find the love he's been seeking just before his world collapses and he's forced to flee. Find out more about Salamlik by Khaled al translated from the Arabic by Larry Price at indiepubs.com slash products slash salamlik. That's S-E-L-A-M-L-I-K. And thanks again to World Editions, publisher of Salamlik by Khaled al for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Penguin Team. In a world where the children of the gods inherit their powers, a descendant of the Greek fates must solve a series of impossible murders to save her sisters, her soulmate, and her city. Descendants of the fates are always born in threes. There's one to weave, one to draw, and one to cut the threads that connect people to the things they love and to life itself. And the Aura sisters are no exceptions. There is Eo, the youngest, who uses her fate-born abilities as a private investigator. But her latest job leads her to a horrific discovery. Somebody is abducting women and setting the resulting wraiths loose in the city to kill. Now the second book in the series, Hearts That Cut, will be on sale June 18th, 2024. This is a must read for all Greek mythology and fantasy fans. This is Dripping with Atmosphere, Edge with Danger. Threads That Bind weaves together a gorgeous dark tapestry of mystery, faded romance, and modern myth. You won't be able to put this one down and that comes from Alexandra Bracken, New York Times bestselling author of Lore. So make sure to pick up Threads That Bind by Kitsa Hatsapolu and thanks again to penguin team for sponsoring this episode okay so i know we were talking tears about how there are so many good books coming out so so many that it was hard just looking through the um the list that you and liberty compile on uh, book riots insiders um the new release index it was I kept getting caught up and I was like, maybe I should spread some of these. Like <laughs> as far as release dates go, I was like, maybe I should look ahead, but I was like, ooh, but no, that sounds good. Ooh, but no, that sounds good. And I was just like, I think the furthest I went was like March. Honestly. There's just so many, there's so many new books coming out that sound really good.
1: There are and it's so hard to just, you know, try to in one hour talk about all the books that are we're excited about that are really only coming out in the first half of 2023 because um there is not a lot of like copy and cover releases for the second half of 2023 so we'll probably have to do another episode later in the year Mm -hmm. that covers the fall and winter but yeah there's so many great books coming out just in the next couple of months
0: yeah i'm excited so many whoo because there was like you know And like I said, it's understandable as far as publishing goes. There's kind of like a, you know, kind of a sleepy period. Um, Yes. Coming out of that. Yeah. (laughs) We are coming out of that sleepy period where it's like not there aren't too many things coming out. But yeah. So I guess I could start us off. Yeah. Um, The first one I have is. I believe this is a YA debut from Talia Hibbert? Yeah. But I might have to double check that cuz Talia Hibbert. I'm just I, thinking of like I, I've re- <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's their their YA debut. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I think you're right. Um Talia Hibbert, I love Talia Hibbert. I've read all of their well, not all of their books. They have quite a few. I've read all of the Brown Sisters trilogy. And I loved it. Yes. So it was super spicy though, too. So I'm like, all right, what are we gonna do for YA? Um, I believe in them though, so I'm excited. So um in their other books, they do such a good job. Well, first of all, they have diverse characters. Um, diverse characters with different body types, and some are neurodivergent. There are characters that are dealing with mental health issues, and I feel like Talia's characters um they the romance in them I feel like it's mostly like supportive and like non-toxic which yes. is always nice. Um so I really like that aspect. It's just like it just feels good. It feels real and I've really enjoyed um reading their romance. So the book highly suspicious and unfairly cute and I was like okay Like sometimes I feel highly suspicious and unfairly cute. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Like that's a mood. Um, This is coming out uh, expected. It's expected to come out in January. So by the time this episode airs, it may already be out. But basically, it's about Bradley, who is like seen as this kind of like perfect student. He's a football player. He has OCD. He manages it. He comes out in his. classes is like you know the best in class basically and then there's Celine who is his ex best friend hmm Celine is super into conspiracies she's like into UFOs and all that stuff, which is fun um she's not exactly popular, which I'm sure you couldn't tell because the UFO thing, but um which is why bradley has not like interacted with her as much as before because i guess people see her as a little weird whatever so now they're like because of their previous relationship they're like a little petty towards each other and there is a rivalry between them as far as like grades and stuff goes Um, but then celine signs up for a survival course in the woods and then Surprise, surprise, Brad is right there with her. So they have to work as a team to win a prize. And they have to contend with the woods around them, the mud and the bugs and everything, as well as their history, basically. So it sounds it sounds fun. I like the outdoorsy aspect. Mostly, I didn't even have to look at the synopsis. I was like, it's Talia Hibbert. I'm about to read it. Like, let's be real
1: here.
0: <laughs> So I'm super excited about this one. Highly Suspicious and Unfairly Cute by Talia Hibbert. Yeah, such a great title. Yes, um, seriously.
1: My next or my first pick is Break Up From Hell by Ann Davila Cardinal. And um, like disclaimer, we share an editor. So but that is not why I am excited about this book. It is about a girl who... Um, she meets a guy and he's very um handsome and mysterious and cute and they start dating but once they start dating bad bad stuff starts happening and she realizes that like eh, this is probably not a good relationship for me and i mean like bad stuff in like the supernatural sense and um so she decides that she has to break up with him but if she breaks up with him things could get a lot worse so i'm really excited for this book like i love Anne's writing she's a great writer she's written um adult fiction and um ya fiction but this one just looks really like fun but also um looks like it take you to some interesting places um, i've not read it yet but it is on my list so let's break up from
0: hell by Anne davila cardinal that does sound spicy Oh my goodness. So the next one I have is The Buried and the Bound by Rochelle Hassan. And so in it, Aziza is the only hedge witch in Blackthorn, Massachusetts. And Leo is, he's you know familiar with magical things, kind of like bad magical things. And on his 16th birthday, there's a curse that was dormant. Um, that becomes active with his birthday and so now he has all his memories are torn apart from him of his true love basically so he's been traveling down the east coast looking for a way to get his memories back and he is not successful basically so he makes a deal with Aziza he will help her on these nightly patrols that she does to keep all of these, like, you know, dark magical beings at bay. There are um, fairies and flesh eating shadows and fae, you know, ra- various fae um, shenanigans going on. So he's going to help her with that in exchange for her help in. Breaking his curse. So I think it sounds super interesting. This is another one that I have not read. Um I have not read this author either. Um, this is a YA debut actually from them, but I haven't read them period. So I think it sounds super interesting. The cover looks cool. and it, it sounds like it it sounds like a fun intro to what I believe will be a trilogy. So I'm super excited about it. Again, it's The Buried and the Bound by Rochelle Hassan. Yeah,
1: that one is also on my,
0: my highly anticipated list. Um, yes.
1: My next pick is All That's Left to Say by Emery Lord. And this is about a girl who tragically loses her cousin, who's like her best friend, her favorite person in the world, um, to an overdose. And so her cousin... Um, went to this fancy private school and Hannah, the protagonist decides to um, enroll in this private school to try to figure out like what happened to her cousin, like who was responsible for giving her those drugs, like what caused her um, to like go down this path. And of course she finds that answers are not easy or clear or necessarily clarifying in the situation. And, um of course this is also a really hard time for her cuz she's grieving the death of her cousin so it looks like it's got a little bit of a mystery to it but knowing that it's an Emory Lord book it's going to be wonderfully like emotional and um yeah just all the good stuff all the feels basically mm-hmm. so that is mm-hmm. all that's left to say by Emory Lord
0: Awesome that sounds really good Um this next one I have is Wild Blood by Lauren Blackwood and this has a lot going on. It's SFF, as is typical for me. But this is like, <laughs> it's like, okay, whoa. So Victoria is what's called a wild blood. She's 18 now, but she was kidnapped when she was six and manipulated by this company called the Exotic Lands Touring Company, where she has worked as a tour guide ever since Um, With a team of other wildbloods who, so basically they have magic and they can protect travelers who are traveling in Jamaican jungles that have all of these like wicked beasties, wicked magical beasties or whatever. So Victoria is expecting this promotion, um, but she gets overlooked for it in favor of her ex-Dean who, and Dean is a piece of work. Okay. He's like backstabbed her and he is just, you know, a piece of work basically. So she still wants to try to prove herself, but, and she's got like the most powerful magic, but, um, like I said, Dean's taken her place and she's not quite the image that their boss wants to have representing the company, I guess. So then they get this new client, Thorn, a gold miner. And Thorn is like super handsome and he seems very nice and he's confident and stuff like that. And he trusts Victoria to lead him through the jungle safely. And she tries to, but the jungle is a trip. And there are all these like very interesting sounding creatures in it that I'm suspecting, um, have like come from like Caribbean and Jamaican uh, mythology and lore. So I'm excited to read about them. There are like these hypnotic river spirits. There are soul devouring women who shed their skin like snakes. I'm just reading the description from the blurb because I'm like, wow. Okay. Um, so yeah, so she has to basically decide like, okay, is this the company that I want to stay with? Which I think is a valid question. Um, but yeah, it sounds like an interesting adventure, um, with some very interesting magical creatures. So that is Wild Blood by Lauren Blackwood. Mm, Yes, her um, first
1: book was quite, quite interesting. So I'm excited for this one as well all right my next pick is the lake house by sarah beth durst and um just like as an aside sarah beth durst is an incredibly prolific author um just like puts out so many books like kids teen um adult books every year it's kind of incredible Mm. um so Mm -hmm. her newest one is a thriller um called the lake house it is about claire who is a very like anxious person who thinks like the worst case scenario is always going to happen um and then it finally does one day when she arrives late at summer camp and it's kind of like one of those off the grid way out in the middle of nowhere summer camps and so she's late and she shows up and um the whole place has been burned to the ground and there are two other late arrivals who also show up and they're all like what the heck but you know they're now stranded out here in the middle of nowhere and um something terrible has happened there seems to be no survivors but then as they're kind of poking about trying to figure out what to do they discover a body in the woods and then they realize like oh no this was intentional like somebody came here to kill everybody and we just like Happened to survive because we showed up late, but now we are also in danger. So sounds fun, right? Um I'm excited to read it. I think it. it sounds like a fun <laughs> premise. So yes. I I think it'll be great. It is The
0: Lake House by Sarah Buff Durst. Nice. Oof. That does sound really good. Um, I've got a thriller as well. I think it's not as, I don't feel like it's as like. Potentially Lethal is that one, but it is My Flawless Life by Yvonne Woon. And this is about Hannah Yang Lerner, who is a who is known as a fixer at her elite private school in Washington, D.C. Um, and basically, whenever whenever anyone has a problem, they contact Hannah and she fixes it. She has, like, connects. She knows people to call, what to say, all these extra things. Like, I, I think, like, if you watch Scandals, I guess she's like Olivia Pope or something, but, like, at a private school in D.C. And I'm like, more power to you, girl, because when I was in high school, I was not. Um, I was just trying to make it. All right. So <laughs> she um, so she is this fixer. So. She can fix other people's lives, but of course, hers is a mess, and her reputation gets totally messed up when her dad, who was a a senator, I I said a (laughs) senator, his name is Skip Lerner, so I was combining his name with his (laughs) profession. So Senator Skip Lerner gets arrested for an accident where a person nearly died. So I haven't read this book, so I'm not sure of the details, but... Basically, her reputation gets ruined from that and her friends ditch her. So I'm curious to see what it was that, you know, because I'm like, if it's a car accident, I feel like, is that enough to blame her too? But we'll see. I'm intrigued. So despite everyone leaving her and her reputation being in the trenches, she gets in a job. She gets a job from an anonymous client who calls themselves three, like the number. Um, and they request that she follows her ex-best friend. And Hana does it because she's like, All right, I can like kind of regain, start to, you know, claw my way back to how my life was before. But as she starts digging, you know, unearthing things, there are some dark truths that become unearthed about. Her and also her classmates who are seemingly these like perfect people. So it sounds very mysterious. Very like, uh, I don't know. It just sounds really intriguing. And I'm curious to see what these elite private school kids have in their closet. So that is My Flawless Life by Yvonne Woon.
1: Nice. I had not heard of that one. So that one sounds Great. Mm-hmm. Um, My next pick is When the Vibe is Right by Sarah Dass. Um, this is, I mean, I really loved Sarah Dass's um, first book. It came out um, two years ago it is a retelling of um, Persuasion. Um, so this one mm-hmm. is also set in Trinidad, which is where... um, Her first book is set. And it is about Tess who wants to be a carnival costume designer. And um, that is sort of um, challenged when um, there's some family rivalries. There's some um, interesting, you know, friendship to lover to enemy sort of situation going on um i just think that it sounds really great i really liked the setting of um her first book where the rhythm takes you so i'm excited to return and i really enjoyed her contemporary writing so this just looks like it is going to be a fun enemies to lovers um hmm. romance i also don't think i've ever read anything set during carnival so that's gonna be fun oh, nice. so yeah. yeah when the vibe is right by sarah Das.
0: That's also another great title. Yeah. You know, the vibe, things depend on the vibe. So I feel you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's a great title. So I'm totally taking the vibe elsewhere with this next book. (laughs) It is titled She is a Haunting by Trang Tun Tran. And I keep reading these like gothic Um, novels that are very reminiscent of Rebecca by Daphne du Maurier. I still haven't finished Rebecca. I love Rebecca. So shame on me for that. (laughs) I think I would like it because I like all the books that like come from it. So die or get get your life. (laughs) But they've, you know, so like Mexican Gothic by um, Sylvia Moreno-Garcia. Not a YA book, but was super popular. And then I read another one called The Hacienda Also not a YA book. They also, but they, a lot of them have the same or similar formula, but I always like it. I still like it because it's like, even though I know it's like, okay, the house is haunted. We know that. But it's like, why is the house haunted? What happened? So in She is a Haunting, Jade, when arrives in Vietnam, she is trying to, she has the goal basically of kind of like pretending to be cool with her estranged father. He's trying to restore this French colonial house. So she's thinking like, all right, so for the next five weeks, she's going to pretend to be straight. She's going to pretend that she likes everyone. She's going to pretend to be uh, very American, but also very Vietnamese. She's just going to pretend to be everything to everybody and, you know, try to win people over. She has no problem with lying. She just wants to fit in. But the house is like, no girl, Um, she wakes up paralyzed every day. There's this thrumming sound coming from the house. There are bugs that are turning up in weird places. And, and I thought this was super interesting. She finds traces of her ancestors in gardens and areas that they once like tended to. So I was like, okay. And then there's also a ghost who warns her to not eat anything. So, hmm. So her father, neither her father nor her sister say that they have noticed anything weird happening. So she has to outsource, like, help in basically proving that there's something wrong with this house. So I am super interested. It sounds like super duper up my alley. Like I said, I love, I love gothic, um, gothic books and. I'm excited to see like the Vietnamese aspect um, that this one will bring. So this just sounds like super duper interesting, and the, the cover is is a one. I have to say, <laughs> again, this is "She Is a Haunting" by Trinh Tan Tran. Awesome!
1: All right, I'm going to tell you about my next book, but first, let's hear from our sponsor.
0: Today's episode is brought to you by Bloom Books. Diana Dixon has a busy summer and no time for tall, gorgeous hockey player Shane's shenanigans. Cause you know what, if they shenan once, Shenan again. So she thinks she knows exactly who he is when he moves into her apartment building, but turns out Shane's sick of hookups and tired of being on the rebound after his long-term girlfriend called it quits. But when his ex comes back into the picture, he needs a plan. And who better to play his new girlfriend than his sassy new neighbor? So a fake relationship might be perfect for Diana's own ex issues, but Diana is used to living by the rules. Will she learn that when it comes to love, rules are meant to be broken. Make sure to check out The Dixon Rule by L. Kennedy. L. Kennedy is a New York Times and USA Today bestselling author with over a million copies of her books sold. So this is going to be another banger, y'all. Make sure to check it out. And thanks again to Bloom Books for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Hachette Audio. Three years ago, sports agent Myron Balitar gave a eulogy at the funeral of his client, renowned basketball coach Greg Downing. So why, you may ask, is Greg now being placed at the scene of a double, not a singular, but a double homicide? I also wonder. So Greg Downing, who Myron gave a eulogy for is a suspect and myron needs some answers so myron and win longtime friends and colleagues set out to find the truth but the more they discover about greg the more dangerous their world becomes secrets lies and a murderous conspiracy that stretches back into the past churn at the heart of harlan coben's blistering new novel think twice and the audiobook is narrated by his longtime narrator, Steve Weber. Now, if you don't know about Steve, Steve gives each character distinct voices and accents, making this a more immersive listen. Make sure to check out Think Twice by Harlan Coben. And thanks again to Hachette Audio for sponsoring this episode. Okay, so my next pick
1: is Wolfwood by Mariana Bear, And this is a book about a girl whose mother is an artist, like a very famous artist, but she unfortunately had a mental breakdown and has mostly stopped painting. And um, that has put them in a very precarious financial position. Um, So when this gallery comes along and is like, hey, um, you know, if you finish this series of like, really interesting sort of fantastical paintings like we'll do a gallery showing we'll give you lots of money um the protagonist is basically like yes this is finally our chance for stability but her mom refuses and so she's really desperate so she decides i will finish the series of paintings for my mother and she won't ever know and that way you know we can get back on our feet and nobody has to know Um, but there's a reason why her mom stopped painting um, and it's because every time she picks up the paintbrush to sort of paint this like Wolfwood jungle, it's very dangerous and magical. She finds herself like actually sort of slipping into Wolfwood. And Ooh. so it's like this, yeah, it's like this fantasy type situation. And um, and it's dangerous and it's getting harder and harder to um, basically keep fantasy and reality um, separated. And so she also has to keep, secret the fact that she's basically forging her mother's artwork. So this sounds fantastic. And I know that the author, Mariana Bayer, has actually worked in like fine art galleries in New York. And Ooh. so she definitely knows what she's talking about. And I also really enjoyed her previous two YA novels. I think I talked about Frost, um, her first, it's a YA horror novel set in a boarding school. I think we talked about that one in the fall. And then she has another, yeah, she has another really great one called the inconceivable life of Quinn, um, which Mm -hmm. is about a girl who, um, finds herself pregnant, but she has like, to her knowledge, never had sex. And so she's like, what the heck? And, um, yeah. And so, and that also has like a magical element to it. That's really interesting and intriguing. So I have loved Mariana Bayer's first two books They come out like once every five to seven years, but they're usually worth the wait. So I'm Mm -hmm. really excited for Wolfwood. And the cover is gorgeous. So definitely hop on that.
0: Yes. It sounds super interesting. You know, that's right up, right up my alley. Indeed. (laughs) It sounds super good. Um, I just wanted to look at the cover real quick. that's so pretty. that is so pretty. I love it, wow. yeah,
1: it's like this dark haired um girl she's like painting, and then all around her is like this really colorful, sort of fantastical
0: landscape, I guess it's really beautiful. It's very pretty, like yeah, I love that um ooh, so last one I have for now is the some of us it's in adapted book for young readers, meaning there is a, an adult version, I guess, basically, um, subtitle is How Racism Hurts Everyone. It's by Heather McGee. And as I said, I need to read more nonfiction. (laughs) I need to die. I need to read more nonfiction period. Like I'm so terrible with that. So this is me trying to make a concerted effort to read more nonfiction, Putting it on my list now. So this book is, as I mentioned before, it is an adaptation for her book, The Some of Us. Um, so basically it's just adapted for younger readers. And I like the that it has a conversation surrounding race and discrimination that shows how it's, it's not beneficial for anyone. Like it's harmful for... Um, people who are directly being discriminated against like people of color, black people, indigenous people, et cetera, et cetera. But also for white people, like that's one thing. It's like all of the isms, all of the discriminations, racism, sexism, ableism, homophobia, all of those things are detrimental to everyone. So I like, I like things that frame the conversation around how, we all need to fight this because it hurts everyone and holds everyone back and they're all connected. As I've said before, these I haven't read any of these books yet, but I hope that she ties the other isms into it as well. Um, the ones that I just mentioned. So um also it's good that I like that it's adapted for um people that read within the YA category to help with, you know, younger readers being introduced to Um, this rhetoric, and just showing, talking about these important things. So once again, it's The Sum of Us, How Racism Hurts Everyone, adapted for young readers by Heather McGee.
1: Yeah, that sounds really great. Um, Thank you so Mm -hmm. much for, for bringing that one up. I'm adding that one to my list. Um, My final pick is You're Not Supposed to Die Tonight by Kaylin Bayron, who is the author of Cinderella is Dead and um, this um, Poison Heart, which I really loved. So Mm. this is a horror book. It comes out in June, so we have to wait a little bit. It doesn't even have a cover (laughs) yet, I don't think. Um, so it is basically about this girl named Charity who plays a final girl at, um, this place called Camp Mirror Lake, um, which is like, basically, it sounds like horror LARPing. Um, (laughs) that's what it sounds like. Like you, like you pay to go to this camp and they like take you through like a horror movie type experience. And she yeah, plays, yeah. yeah, like I, I think that's what it is. larping,
0: like, basically. Lore, lore basically
1: yeah. it, that sounds what like it is. Yeah, I haven't read yeah. it yet, obviously, but uh, that's that's what I'm getting from the the summary. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and she plays the final girl. So if you are not familiar with like horror or horror tropes, like the final girl is like exactly what it sounds like the, the final girl to like survive to the end of a horror movie. Um, and that's Charity's role, and um, she loves doing this. She thinks it's really fun. She and her um her coworkers and friends, they just like recreate um these scenes from this classic horror movie at, at butcher set at this setting. So then unfortunately um it's the last weekend of the season and her coworkers start disappearing and then she finds a oh dead body and she's like oh no I I might do this for fun, but, like, I don't want to do this for real. But (laughs) (laughs) she's got to. Um, Also, I love that, um, you know, she's got a girlfriend, so there's some queer rep. And basically Mm -hmm. they need to figure out how to survive the night and figure out what this killer actually wants. Um, So it sounds kind of like, you know, if you... Um, like horror with like maybe a little bit of camp. This is probably yeah. going to be a good choice. So I'm really excited for it. It is "You're Not Supposed to Die Tonight" by Kaylin Bayron.
0: More than one kind of camp. <laughs> <I feel> like- <laughs> that was corny. I'm sorry. Uh, it got me though. I, f- I laughed. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's interesting. Um, that kind of sounds like a Stephen Graham Jones novel, which is also not way. But it's just like, you know, looking at these um, horror tropes and like going like going off of that, it'll be interesting. This is an, this is an aside, but it'll be interesting to see. Um, like, I feel like these books that are, you know, exploring horror tropes and stuff, I feel like a lot of those horror tropes came from like, you know, 15 or more years ago, like mm-hmm. the camp, the final girl and, you know, different other things. Um so I wonder how I wonder what will be the tropes that like the new horror tropes. So yeah. Just just a thought as you were speaking, I was like, I wonder what they are like. What what horror tropes are? Our uh, is our generation like getting in our horror movies? You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know if I've noticed a trend yet, but.
1: Hmm, that's a good question, and maybe something we can ponder as
0: we get ready for our next (laughs) horror episode. Exactly, exactly. We should, we should, we should definitely discuss that because now I'm like hearing you talk about that. I was like, I wonder what it is because that that was giving very much like eighties, nineties. Yeah, like at the camp and people dying and final girls. There's there's so much nostalgia.
1: I think especially like Mm. in the horror like genre right now like we you think true. about like stranger things and yes um, grady hendrix's wonderful books which are like set in the 80s and the 90s like it's interesting yes. to see like i, I mean somebody who's probably a better horror reader and smarter person than me could probably talk about like why there seems to be so much nostalgia tied up with a horror genre um but it is interesting to kind of kind of see
0: yeah that's i think you said like kind of what i was trying to get at Way better than I did because it's like I feel like our generation, like the horror, I don't feel like we were, I don't feel like we have a trope like horror tropes that are particular to us that so we're looking back. Mm-hmm. So that that is interesting. Also, I will parrot what you said. I am definitely not a super big horror reader, so I don't have a nuanced take on it, just a, an observation. But yeah, super yeah,
1: interesting. it is. Oh, well. I think that's pretty much like all of the books that we had like set out, except for I did want to shout out a couple of sequels because I didn't really include any sequels i in my mm-hmm. most anticipated, but I do have a few sequels slash companion novels that I'm really excited about. Um, so if you allow me a second, I'm going to tell you about those real quick. Um, Mysteries of Thorn Manor by Margaret Rogerson is a novella sequel to Sorcery of Thorns, Um, It looks delightful. Sorcery of Mm -hmm. Thorns was like one of my favorite YA fantasies in the most recent years. Um, So it is kind of what happens to these beloved characters after the end of Sorcery of Thorns, which is a pretty good standalone book. um, But it does have an ending that makes you go, oh, my God, I just want more. So I was delighted to hear that she returned to these characters and we get more. Um, Although I am sad that it's a novella and not a full length book, I will admit. (laughs) Um, yeah. Yeah. My next anticipated read is Every Gift a Curse by Caroline O'Donohue. And I think I've talked um, in several episodes this year, this past year, about how much I really loved um, Caroline O'Donohue's All Our Hidden Gifts and The Gifts That Bind Us. Um, it is an Irish set sort of magical trilogy about a girl who discovers a tarot deck and. Her best friend goes missing. There's a mysterious tarot card that should not belong in the deck. And Mm. um, it's like a magical awakening for her. It's really fantastic. I love the first two books. The third one comes out this spring. Um, Do not love the cover, but I'm so excited for this book. I'm going to snatch it right out. And then the other one that I'm really excited about is Some Shall Break by Ellie Marnie, which is the sequel to None Shall Sleep, which came out a couple of years ago. Um, and I read this because um, fellow book writer and all the books co host Liberty Hardy, described this book to me as Silence of the Baby Lambs because it's basically... <laughs> 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 yeah, it's set in the 80s. And again, we're talking about 80s, like, nostalgia, yeah. horror. It's set in the yeah. 80s. And it's about two teenagers who've had a brush with serial killers and survived. Ooh. And the FBI recruits them as interns in their, um, like, behavioral analysis Um I don't think it's called Behavioral Ooh. Analysis Unit. I've been watching a lot of Criminal Minds lately, though. So that's what pops into my <laughs> mind. But it's like you their know. behavioral analysis team has recruited these two teens to help them try to get into the head of a new serial killer who has emerged and he's a teenager. So that they know that he's a teenager and they're like, we need help kind of understanding the minds of teenagers and like this teenage serial killer. Um, And again, it's the 80s. So they rely on these two teens to kind of help them figure that out. And of course, it gets dangerous and deadly. So I had no idea that there was going to be a sequel because I thought that the way the first book ended felt pretty final to me. So Mm -hmm. I was super pumped when Liberty told me that Some Shall Break was coming out and it's coming out pretty soon. So I'm excited for that one. So those are my sequels and companions that I am excited about.
0: Those sound really good. I already looked up both of them and added them to my good <laughs> Yay! <laughs> excellent, excellent, excellent. It's like my work here is done. <laughs> yes. Yes. Mission accomplished. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah, so many good books, though. You know, so many. We're going to have a very busy year ahead of us, but I'm excited for yes. that. Yes, exactly. Absolutely.
1: As much as we'd love to keep talking about all the books that we're excited to read, we should probably, you know, end this episode so we can go read all of the books that we're excited to read. <laughs> um, and we're just, you know. Running out of time, but thank you so much for hanging out with us. Um, please feel free to leave us feedback about the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify because it lets us know how we're doing, but it also helps others find us. And you can always email us at heyya.bookriot.com with feedback, requests, recommendations. We love hearing from you. Don't forget to visit bookriot.com for newsletters, more podcasts, and of course, all things bookish. Thank you again to today's sponsors for making the show possible. And thanks, as always, to our awesome audio editor, Jen Zink. Um, You can follow me on Instagram, and I guess I'm still on Twitter, but mostly on Instagram at at tears of price. How about you, Erica?
0: I guess, I guess I'm guess i still on Twitter as well, at Erica underscore
1: E-Z-E underscore. You know, I logged into Twitter for like the first time the other day,
0: and I was like, oh, yeah. we're still here. People are still hanging out. Okay. It's still there. Apparently there was some... Well, we don't get into that. <laughs> so I'll tell you that later. But yes, it's still It's still, it's kicking. still there.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Elon, Elon Musk is terrible, but the community is great. So, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now, but I'm not on there very often. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) all right pretty much well thank you so much for tuning in and we will talk to you again in two weeks until then happy reading
0: happy reading